Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Every single day, what are we doing 
to show God that we appreciate all that he invests into us. Okay? All right now. You got to think about that thing. All that he gives us, what do we give back to him? Do we just say, you know, I give God thanks for waking me up every day? Or do we really show him that we're appreciative of the things that he does? Okay? All right. Oh, well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. And uh, mm, we talked about the woman who was the attorney, and, you know, she was working for the uh, domestic violence unit, and she was able to, you know, help all those individuals who were going through the domestic violence issue. And lo and behold, unfortunately, she lost her life to her husband to a domestic violence issue. Yes. Well, we kind of flipped that around. You know, because there was a question of can you really be in this arena and, you know, actually fall prey to it? Well, the question came up, can you preach or lead while living in an abusive relationship? You know, are you going to have everything that you're going to need to be able to preach to people and help to get them out of situations when you yourself are beat down every day, beat down on a consistent basis. Are you going to be able to get that done? Um, There was a unanimous vote of no. There's no way we're going to be able to give God the glory out of our life from that pulpit if we're not going to be able to uh, get out ourselves. Yes. Your, Your witnessing is not going to be the same. It's not. It's not, it's not, no, it's not. So we're going to have to make sure that, you know, that's something that, you know, we get together in our own life. Maybe we'll have to, you know, take a little hiatus, go sit down, let God deal with our issue, and then we can be more effective when giving God's people his word. Okay? All righty. Well, wow. Wednesday rolled around. And uh, we started off with our girlfriend, Vivian, with her socially, socially conscious segment. And Vivian talked about the uh, 12-year-old who stabbed his brother in the middle of the night, stabbed her brother, excuse me, in the middle of the night, her 9-year-old brother, and unfortunately he lost his life. You know, we don't know a whole lot of information regarding this uh particular incident, but it does, you know, bring up the issue of the mentally ill. It does bring up the issue of the mentally ill children. It does bring up, the, you know, the issue of was there any level of civil ri- sibling rivalry? Yeah, a lot to think about in one story. Well, we also talked about the 23-year-old woman who, uh, or, yes, a 23-year-old woman who lost her life again to domestic violence. You know, the gentleman was angry because she wouldn't take any of his calls or texts and she wouldn't respond to because she was done. In five months, she had been in a relationship with him and lived with him. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of times they say making that break isn't always a clean one. And unfortunately, you know, she lost her life um, when he shot her in front of, you know, uh, a home she was living with with her dad. And uh, he said, when asked, you know, would you do it again? Yeah, he would do it again. And not only would he do it again, he'd take out dad as well. Oh, my goodness gracious. Woo! Well, ah, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around. And, oh, my goodness, what do we have going on on Thursday? Ah, 30,000 immigrants a month. Oh, that's what the United States is accepting. That's the deal that they've made with countries like Haiti and Nicaragua and Cuba and Venezuela, yes. Woo! We're trying to figure out how we're going to house all these people. Uh, remember now, when they got off the boat, they didn't have any more hotels, quote-unquote, for the people to live in. Yes, our asylum seekers. And uh, 30,000 people, that's the, that's the deal will be welcomed into America. Mm. That's how our country is being led, everybody. That's how our country is being led. <laughs> well, Freestyle Friday was next, and uh, we talked about why women can't do the things that men do. Yeah. Why women are judged differently for arguing when they, you know, and, and raising their voice. But yet when men do it, they're not seen as emotional. Uh, but we are. Mm, what about uh, talking about their uh, escapades? Yeah. You know, the men say that, you know, when women talk, you know, they're graphic. They're a little more graphic, men claim that they're not as graphic. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just gave you a real brief summary of what went down on his due time with Pastor Steph last week. But you know what I tell you? Go back and listen. Go back and listen because it's nothing like <laughs> hearing it for yourself. Okay? Well, today. We are shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. Can you believe we're back at another Monday? Ooh, time is flying by already, and the year has just begun. Well, we have a special Monday. Yes, we have a wonderful, a wonderful couple who is going to open up the relationship clinic. I can't wait. You know, those are always extra special Mondays. You know, we love our Mondays with the Due Time crew and uh, our conversations, but we love the relationship. So I promise you we're going to be in for a treat this morning. And don't forget, we've got that switch tip that's coming down. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Martin Luther King and uh, get a little information that we may not have known about the doctor, okay? 
All right? Go, go get that healthy breakfast. Make sure you tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And go nowhere, because we'll be right back. January is National Stalking Awareness Month. And those who care for stalking victims say the new year is a good time to get out of that potentially dangerous situation. The Lafayette House says there can be two versions of stalking these days, in person or obviously electronically, neither of which is normal. Well, I think if any of the behavior is something uh, that feels, um, you know, not just unwanted, but um, like it's scary, uh, like it's um, harassing behavior, that that's the time that you want to uh, reach out for help or uh, let law enforcement know about it. For more information about the services the Lafayette House provides, you can call that number that just popped up on your screen. It's 417-782-1771. Let's talk about...
connective tissue. See, when you hear it like that, I don't know about y'all, but it don't sound all that appetizing. But, you know, listen, especially, you know, if you have Caribbean parents or southern parents, you know, that's what they did. You know, they stew some, you know, some chicken or some beef or some lamb and, you know, they throw, you know, all the kind of spices up in it and get it all smelling up good. And, yeah, that's how we look at it. Well, listen, they call that bone broth. And they're saying that there are, like, some benefits of drinking bone broth. Okay, so get your pens out, get your pens out, you know, so you can definitely get some of this down. They say, number one, that bone broth provides some nutrients. They say when you sip the bone broth, you can expect to get the protein, the fats, the carbs, but that's not it. They say it contains a variety of vitamins, minerals, potassium, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium. Who's thinking you're getting all of this out of some bone broth? <laughs> all right, let me, let me say that again. You got vitamins, minerals, potassium, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium. All of that is in your bone broth. Now, I don't know if I want to keep calling it bone broth because then it just kind of takes me into another area. But anyway, they're saying that um, it is really something that you're not expecting to get from the bone broth. You're not expecting to get out of that. And guess what? They are right. You know, because you're not going to specifically drink, you know, just pour it off and drink it. But it's actually beneficial. Is actually very beneficial. Number two, they say bone broth is low in calories. Yeah. They're saying you can get, you know, maybe 35 to 85 calories in a cup. Now, that's, that's, that's not bad, especially if you're trying to watch, you know, your little weight and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, you can just kind of drink it and get a little full and filled. Okay, they say bone broth helps with digestion. Okay, so they're saying research—excuse me, research—as um, they've been doing has shown that the digestive benefits in humans um, comes from drinking the bone broth because it helps with gut health. Well, listen, if you think about it, it makes sense because you're not pulling in all of that meat per se or, you know, things like that. So that's adding into your calorie count. Well, if you're getting fill and you're getting all that phosphorus and all of those things I mentioned a little while ago, yeah, it would help with your digestive system because you're bringing in less into your gut and you're not piling in a bunch of potatoes and, you know, all that stuff we just throw into our, quote, unquote, our little soups. So, yeah, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Ah, uh, number four, they say it will boost our joint health. Wow. Okay, so the collagen in bone, bone broth converts into... 
like muscle matter. Yeah. So it helps with the amino acids. Man, this bone broth is, is actually so much beneficial. My mouth is so dry. I'm so sorry. So they say the it's a good source of amino acids, which your muscles and joints need to stay strong. All right? Number five, bone broth helps you boost your protein intake. Okay? So they're saying is we know that protein is very good for your body. Um, it's a building block of your bones, your muscles, your cartilage, your skin, and blood. And they say while bone broth isn't as good a source of protein, it still is excellent. Well, no, I'm sorry. It's a good source of protein. Now they say now it's not as great as like eating like the steak or, you know, the actual meat, but it's an excellent source of protein. So even if you drink the broth, you're getting something in your protein intake, okay? Number six, okay, it will support your immune system. Wow. Okay. They say it helps to build the antibodies in your system. So there you go. There's your immune system taking that boost. All right. Number seven, it may help your skin glow. Wow. They say the collagen protein in bone broth helps to keep your skin elastic and hydrated. Wow. Okay. I'll take that. As a person with some good skin, I'll take that. Wow. Here's my thing. How many of you can use this one? Number eight. Sipping broth could even help you sleep. Wow. They say just like a cup of decaffeinated tea or warm milk, Ah, bone broth can help you sleep better. Okay, so there your protein, hear me protein, there your benefits from drinking your bone broth. All right, so let me go over it again. Okay, the benefits, bone broth provides some nutrients. Bone broth is low in calories. Bone broth might help your digestive system. It will also boost your joint health. It will help your protein intake. It will help to boost your immune system. Uh, it might help your skin glow. And it can help you get some better sleep. All right? All right. So there you have it. So when you're drinking another cup of... Uh, <laughs> Bone broth, or when you're making it, you know, don't just drink it with the, um, don't just drink it, like, in your soup. Just kind of strain it away, and there you have it. Okay? All right. We got a couple of minutes before we have our couple on. So I wanted to give you a little bit of information about our doctor, Martin Luther King Jr., since we're celebrating his birthday today. And uh, 
some of the things that we may not know about the doctor. Well, they say Dr. Martin Luther King was born Michael King Jr. Now, listen, if you know some of this stuff, don't beat me up. Don't beat me up. It's just for those of us that don't know these things. Yes, that was not his birth name, Dr. Martin Luther King. It's not his birthday. They say that um, he changed his name. Okay. Uh, Dr. King, he entered college at the age of 15. Yes. They say that he was such a gifted student that he skipped grades 9 and 12 before enrolling in 1944 at Morehouse College. All righty. Well, they also say that Dr. Martin Luther King was imprisoned nearly 30 times. Now, this one I got from my granddaughter. <laughs> she said, Mama, do you know that Dr. Martin Luther King was um, went to jail like 29 times? Yes. You know, we always hear that he went to jail, but most times we do not hear or we have not heard of how many times he has um, gone to jail. He was arrested for acts of civil disobedience, and um, they say on some also trumped-up charges, and uh, to the tune of 29 times. Okay. Well, some of us do know that he narrowly escaped an assassination attempt a decade before his birth. Oh, Lord have mercy, before his death. Okay. So they say on September 20th, 1958, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was in Harlem signing copies of his new book. And, uh, hmm, that he was stabbed with a seven-inch letter opener into his chest. So uh, that happened almost, they say, like a decade before he really succumbed to an assassination. Okay, let's see what else. Mm-hmm. Well, they say that they don't believe that, or at least the family, doesn't believe that James Earl Ray acted alone. Well, we've always heard of the you know, conspiracy theory, as they say, that the United States Department of Justice had something to do with it. The government had something to do with it. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't act alone. They say there were some other culprits behind that. Uh, what else? Hmm. Well, they say that Dr. Martin Luther King's mother was also slain by a bullet on June 30th, 1974. As 69-year-old Alberta Williams King played the organ at a Sunday service, uh, Marcus Wayne rose from the uh, front pew, drew two pistols, and began to fire shots. And one of the bullets struck and killed um, Martin Luther King's mother. So there are some things that, you know, you may not have known about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and, you know, all those little tidbits can help us along the way, you know, so we know a little bit more. You know, 
they keep telling us the same stories. The children hear the same stories. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those stories, but, you know, it just doesn't get the other information does not kind of filter out and into, you know, the school books, uh, such as some of the things that I've talked about this morning. And, you know, we are giving God thanks for, you know, an individual who made it his business to fight for civil rights and um, change the trajectory of a lot of things, you know. So, you know, some people just really make it their mission to do that. And, you know, again, for those of us who are not able to, for those of us who don't have the strength, for those of us who just can't see ourselves getting involved with that, we thank God for those who have. And Dr. Martin Luther King was one of them. Well, it is our 7.30 hour. And uh, the relationship clinic is open, and we're going to say good morning to our Dr. Gary Battle and our Lady Brenda Battle, and let's open up their mic. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) How are you? Doing well, thank you. Oh, man, we're doing great. How are you? I am glad to hear that. I am doing well myself. Thank you very much. So, again, this is Bishop Gary Battle and Lady Brenda Battle. And why don't you tell us who the Battles are? I'll let the lovely wife do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who the Battles are? Okay, um... The battles are, well, let's start with uh, Bishop. Um, He's the pastor of the Refuge Church of Christ in Peekskill, New York. Um, He's a great husband, hardworking, um, a great friend and companion. Um, And um, now you tell them about me. Oh, man, how much time (laughs) does he got? Oh, wow. See, that's why I let her do it. I think I let her boost me up first thing in the morning. <laughs> so, oh, man. I I married my my um, my friend 30 years ago. Um, what we used to do back then, before the gas prices was crazy, we used to just get in the car and just drive, just, just ride, you know, and just talk. And we have become... Um, more than friends so um she's my companion she's my sweetheart um and she makes me smile every time i see her she's the first lady of the refuge church of christ so she's very encouraging uh she deals with um with the young people and she's dealing with the um anybody that comes in she has a heart for people have a heart for god uh, and of course you know she got a heart for me you know, I saw that little bit of it. Yeah, so uh, and and you figure we've we've been on this journey for thirty plus years, for thirty plus years, and the key to it is that we grew to know each other. You know, we have we have learned to know each other, to understand each other. You know, and a lot of people what they 
yourself to understand is that um, that this is this is not always the easy road. You know, there's ups and there's downs. But long as you make your ups more than your downs, you can make it. Did I describe you right, or that went a little bit? You went a little bit over. I went a little bit over. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it's fine with me. Wonderful, wonderful introduction, um, Bishop. I could hear you smiling through the phone as you were talking <laughs> about Lady Brenda, and um, you know, it's it's nice to hear. You know, I remember when when I was uh, when I used to work and answer the phones, and they used to always say "smile" because you know the person on the other end of the line can hear you smiling. And right. I have to say, I heard that smile this morning. So <laughs> it, uh, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, and I'm I'm very happy to have you on. Um, you know, you chose the two of you chose the topic in it for the long haul. And one of my first questions was going to be, how long were you married? And when you say 30-plus years you've been together on this journey for after 30-plus years, I think you two are one of the, you know, one of the best couples to be able to talk about this particular topic because we've got some marriages that ain't lasting 30 minutes, <laughs> much yeah, less 30 true. years. That's so true. I'm going to, you know, throw some things out there um, in regards to what they say help the marriage to last long, give it that longevity. And we know God is at the top of the list, um, but, you know, you can incorporate whatever you want to incorporate in these points. But I'm telling everybody, get your pens and papers out. Get your pens and papers out because I'm sure we're in for a treat. And um, I want to so let's let's see what the first thing we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the fact that they say ah, they say support each other, but always stand on your own two feet. Ooh, how crucial is that? I'll start with you, Bishop. I'm going to let you start this morning. What are you telling about understanding your own two feet? <laughs> but um, when I, we first got married, or, you know, first got married, I told her um, that there got to be some you time, some me time, and some we time. Because right before we got married, you know, I was very active in playing basketball and all that. Um, so I told her there got to be some time where, you know, I get to play ball, I get to hang out, you know, with the guys. But at the same time, she get to hang out with her friends because just because we got married doesn't mean that we, you know, we don't longer no longer have a life outside of our marriage. But then it was so important that after we finished doing what she likes to do, what I like to do, that we got to come together and just do us. So even though you know you got you know you still got to do you, you it's, it's so it's really so important that you don't lose yourself in the marriage, or because you know you still you there's still something that you like to do 
does some things that make you happy. So every now and then she was she used to tell me, um, do what makes you happy. Do what you like to do. Because I'm I'm like that that outside person. I, I love dogs, so sometimes I just like to, to go out just go outside or go, go to um, a pet store and just watch, you know, animals and but that's not her thing. You know. Um so so either way you got to you got to be able to do what you do. She did what you do. She does what she does. But then at the same time, you have to come together as as a couple. Uh, did, did I answer? Did I go off a little bit? Oh, well, you know, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just want to add that, like, um, standing on your own two feet, it's very important that before you um, get into a, a relationship, you uh, become whole. In other words, like the old relationships are not affecting how you interact with your partner. Right. Um, and it's important that you know who you are as an individual and that you are able to maintain who you are as an individual and that this person complements who you are rather than burying who you are um, in order to be uh, a part of a, a relationship. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. Ah, here's another one. They say notice the good stuff. Now, for you to be married for 30 years, I'm sure we can easily point out some negative stuff between the two of you, you know, when you're in a relationship. But then it's how important is it for you to notice the good stuff? And I want to start with you, Lady Brenda. Um, it's very important that you notice the good stuff. Um, I'm going to answer that based on um, being African-American or black or whatever you want to, whatever terminology you would like to use. The black man needs that boost. Um, so, like, every now and then, like, um, you got to remind him, you know, you're good, you're valuable, you know, you mean a lot to me, um, you can do it, you know, you can make it. Um, not that everybody doesn't need that, but um, the black man has been cast down for we were for many years, and some of that stuff is still like even though it's different generation, it's still passed down, you know. So we we need to do our best to build up our black men and to make them feel like they're valuable and that they're important in it. And so when you notice that. Oh, you did that? You did a good job with that. You know, just thank him, even though you might feel like, well, he knows he does a good job. But to hear it, um, to me, makes a difference. All right, all right. Bishop, how would you respond to notice the good stuff? Notice the good stuff. How would you notice the good stuff? Respond. How you respond to the good stuff? <laughs> oh, that's <well, it's> easy. <laughs> We can hear a few good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, the first thing is that you got to acknowledge the good stuff. That's the first thing. Because you never can respond to the good stuff unless you acknowledge that there is good stuff. Because a lot of, a lot of times, you know, um, like, I, like I tell everybody that, that I've talked to uh, before our relationship is concerned, those that you know, great and get married and so forth, I tell them that it's so important you keep a conversation. 
that you, that you always did have a conversation, that you always be able, be able to talk to each other. Because you figure, um, you, you, you figure that when somebody get ready to get a divorce or whatever the case may, may be, they miss the signs. Always some type of sign that's being that's being um uh, that's being brought forth and they miss the signs. So if you if you remember if you actually could could you know see the signs before they get too far, you could easily save them almost any relationship. So and in order to 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 as far as the good stuff concerned, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. One thing I always tell my wife, I probably get on her nerve about this. I always I always um show her some attention. I always show some type of attention because I want, don't want to be to the place that he ignores me. He don't he don't give me no attention. He don't show me no affection. You know, I might I might overdo it sometimes, but you know, I I don't want to be said that I didn't do it that that was missing. You know, so in order to to really to to, to, to um, get to the good stuff or to you know you got to recognize it. You got to recognize it. You know. Um, I listened to one speaker once, and he was saying that um, that even let's say if, if y'all had an argument, you know, some type of disagreement, right? And now you're on the men. Even if she burn your toast, you don't bring that up. Mm. You know, there's some things you okay. I'm a, I'm gonna let that pass with, with, because if I start talking about how she burnt my toast, that's gonna start up everything all over again. Mm. So you really gotta, you know. Either, yeah, I really, I open up your eyes and, and recognize, you know, the good stuff. Wow, that 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 was that was interesting. That was really interesting. You know, <laughs> I I have a congregation of young people, and I've always I always say to them, y'all can't talk about everything. Everything can't be a complaint, you know. And to hear you say. Um, what you just said, Bishop, that is, like, so important, you know, to help them understand. Sometimes, you know, you just got to roll with some things, pick your battles, and, you know, and, and everything don't have to be a fight. You know, we had the last couple talked about the fact that they, that one likes the toilet paper over, one likes the toilet paper under, and they never talk about it. They just go in the bathroom, they switch it to the way they like, and they just keep it moving. So, you know, now we're talking about the burnt toast. You just don't talk about So So that's excellent. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Lady Brenda, tell me something. What what is a what, what is good stuff? Name one of the things you would consider when you say, you know, I gotta notice the good stuff. Do we notice when the post ain't burnt? <laughs> What's one of the, the the things that you would consider good stuff that you want our young ladies who are just starting a marriage or who who's looking to get married, you know, that you pay attention to that. You know, when a man does that, that's some good stuff. Maybe even something that. Younger women these days don't appreciate, but you have learned in 30 years of marriage to appreciate. Okay, the first thing that comes to mind is um, getting out of the gender role. Um, like, everything that um, he, uh, well, okay. Lately, I noticed that married couples, um, they get married and say, 
you know, a husband is supposed to do this or a husband is supposed to do that, and he doesn't do it. Um, and we have to learn that sometimes the husband may be better at the wife's role, quote, unquote, than they are at the husband role, you know. And that's something that you should know um, in advance. The good stuff would be um, that he takes time. Like some, he'll bring me breakfast. That's a good. That's good stuff. He considers me when making a decision. That's good stuff. You know, he um, he loves me for who I am, despite my faults. That's good stuff. You know, and um, one thing that we decided when we first got married, like he's more important to me than I am to me. And I'm more important to him than he than he is to him because that's what makes it work. You know, if you if you're if there's selfishness, it's going to be a very difficult um, relationship. You know, so the good stuff is the little things that he might do. Like I I can't remember him. He used to go to the dollar store and find something in the dollars, even though it just cost a dollar. It meant a lot to me, you know, because and he knew that about me that she would really like this, and he would bring it home like for no apparent reason, and just say, "I saw this and I got this for you," you know. So like we look for big gifts and it. No, just the fact that he thought of me and it was something that touched my heart that you brought back. Um, that's good stuff. Mm, I like that. I like that. Oh, Bishop, <laughs> name something else that's. The good stuff that, you know, men overlook now, you know, because they think that, you know, it's got to be this. And you're no, you've learned over the 30 years outside of going to the dollar store that this other thing or these other things, this is the good stuff that I also need to notice about her or that comes from her. Okay. Um <laughs> Like she brought up the do- the dollar store thing. Um, like like she was saying. Um, okay, let me back up a little bit. When we first got married, um, sometimes my just my wife's um, appearance seemed like she's rough, right? And a lot of people don't understand her because just that looking at her till you get to know her, right? My aunt told me um, when we first got married. She looked at me and she says. You better keep her laughing. So for thirty years, I've been keeping her laughing. So you you figured when you know an individual, like like you said, you have a a, a large community of young people. You know, before you get married, get to know the person. You get to know what they like. Get to know what they dislike. You know, get to know. Okay, there's some buttons. Not, some conversations. Some buttons. I, I can't. I can't push. You know, we could talk about it. You know, but I know not not to push the issue because that's how you feel about this. Okay, I, I got that. I understand that. You know, so it's like I said in the relationship, especially when you first get married, it's so important that you learn each other, that you know each other. You know, that you know their likes or their dislikes. You know, with the dollar store, and we used to do this with each other. You know, just go to the dollar store and find something. You know, that that person will like, and and we, you know, I appreciate it. Matter of fact, we haven't done that in a while. We need to go back to the dollar store. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. You know, so you, you figured, you figured, you know, like on on a man's perspective, and like she had mentioned before, you know, there's some things that I do, you know, as, okay, there's some things that I do 
that other men like, man, you do that, yeah. And and you you figured um, with the the old saying a happy wife, a happy life, something to that aspect. You know that goes both ways. That go that goes both ways. Not just so much of having just a happy uh, wife. The man got to be happy also. So you figured, you know, she got to find things that that pleases him, that makes him happy, that put a smile on his face, you know, on the man's face. So you figured, you know, even though, you know, we have our different roles, there are certain things that we do that that's considered. Um, <laughs> this might sound crazy. Use it for an example. When our kids was growing up, kids were young. If they have any type of um, scars or any type of, you know, hurt or anything like that, they come to me. Anything that they know that happened, they come to me, you know, as far as, you know, any type of medical or, you know, I put a Band-Aid on or whatever the case would be, they hurt themselves, they always come to me. Whereas, figure my wife, you know, she might see a little blood, she might scrimmage a little bit, you know, that's mm-hmm. not her thing. You know, that, that's, what I, that's what I do. So even now, even now, you know, some type of medical, even now my kids come to me. Dad, I got this. Dad, I got that. You know, whatever the case may be. So you you pretty much figure that you got to know your role. You got to know each other's role and what fit with each other. Not so much what fit with society. Don't allow society to come into your relationship, you know, come into your marriage. You find out what fits. In your relationship, I tell people, um, not, not to counsel them, if you two decide to live up a tree, then y'all live up a tree and be happy. Don't let nobody tell you, no, nah, man, you need to be here. You need to, no, you got to work what makes you two happy and what, what fits with you two, not what society, what anybody else says. That's why when you when you get married, one of the one of the vows says, you know, um, leaving our mother and our father and clinging to your wife, that means y'all two become one. So you got to find out what fits, what worked for you two. If, if, if you two you know, works with us living up a tree and we happy living up a tree, you know, we good, you know, hanging out on these limbs and that works for us and we both happy, then you got to do what makes you and your wife, your companion happy. Not what everybody else says or, you know, how everybody else. And that's how we miss it is because we go and we try to be like everybody else. No, that is, that's how your relationship works, you know. And, and it's so important that when you get married that you hang out with married couples because when you start still hanging out with your single people, then they're going to try to tell you, girl, I wouldn't do that. Dude, I wouldn't do that. Well, you're not married to them. You don't know what they're there. You don't know what goes on. So you have a different aspect, you know, a different view, you know, from a single individual than a married person. A single individual would go out and hang out. A married person, though, I got, I got a commitment. I got an obligation. I got to go home. I got to get up and go to work in the morning. I can't call out sick. I got to go to work. You know, with a young person, I'm just calling out. I ain't going in, you know. Sometimes I rabble off. I don't know if I if I covered if I went too far. <laughs> you gave us quite a view. <laughs> we we good though. We good. We good. We good. We love it. We love it. We love it. One of the things that um, is on this list, and I really want you to 
to talk about this thing because we're talking about in it for the long haul. You know, everybody stands up at the pulpit, and, you know, I do, at the justice of the peace, I do. But, you know, it's for the good, for the bad, but yet when the bad come, everybody trying to break off and run. And we're talking about today in it for the long haul. You're getting in this thing, you know, to, to stay here, you know, not to just, you know, there's a divorce court, you know, coming down the line. And one of the things that's on this list is the baggage that you bring into the marriage, that it doesn't, you know, you have to make sure that that baggage that you bring in doesn't weigh you down or the marriage down. Which one do you want to speak first? Hmm. Oh, I'm I'm telling her. She's telling me. (laughs) 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 In my opinion, it's so important that before you get married that you know who your partner is and what type of um, baggage that that they have and how you could fix that baggage. There are some, you know, that they don't even discuss uh, credit scores. They don't even discuss, do you got a student loan? They don't even discuss how many bills that you have, how many, you know, your credit card limits, and are you over your limit, and how many cars you're holding on to. You know, that is so important, you know, financial aspect to discuss, okay, we're going into this, all right, how much how much um credit do you hold? How much how far are you in debt? You got a car loan? How much you got do you owe on that car? You know you know, these are some of the things that you that you really should discuss prior to getting married. Now, if you already went into it and you're already married and you realize, oh man, you got all this debt, you know, you got to figure out and find a way where you can resolve and take care of the debt. Everybody has some type of baggage. I'm pretty sure they're gonna tell you about a little of my da- my my um my baggage. It's really I got a small bag. Don't worry about. It. I got a small bag. My bag ain't that big. Ain't that big. <laughs> it's a small bag. You know, but you you got to really um, communication is so important to figure out a plan on how to solve. And there are some baggage you know that you got to, you got, just got to deal with. This this old man told me before I got married, this old man told me, he says, listen, when you out there looking for somebody, you look with both eyes open, and then when you get married, you close one eye. So yeah. there are some things you just got to close your eye to. You know, while I'm wow. out there looking, I'm, I'm looking. I, I see everything. But if this the one for me, I got to close my eye. I got to close one eye and, and just say, okay, this is what it is. You know, and I got there's some things you got to learn to deal with. Now, when you get to the when you um out there looking, there's something that you got to be ad- adamant about. So listen, um, this is what I need. You know, <laughs> uh, when we got married, right before we got married, we started we was talking about our family. I mean, you know, and I told her I always wanted two boys, at least two boys, right? And she says to me, if I'm not married by thirty. We're not. Ha- I'm not having no kids. I'm just saying right now, prayer works, right? So, um, <laughs> we first had a, a daughter, and I, I knew for sure this would be my son. This would be my son. First had a daughter, all right, um, and then um, she got pregnant again. 
And the Lord knew. He says, okay, I got to give you twins to give you your two boys because after this, shop is closed. So the Lord knew that I wanted two boys. So he blessed her with twins. You know, so I got my two boys. So these are some of the things that you got to discuss. How important is the, uh, the large family to you? How important is a small family to you? Can that person actually give you a family? If they can't, you know, um, are you willing to, are you that much in love that you're willing to close one eye to, 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 keep, it, to keep this relationship? You know, and, okay, I think that's enough right about now. Your turn. <laughs> Tag, <laughs> okay, Pastor Step. I need you to repeat the question. All right. Oh goodness gracious! All right. So, you know, we're talking about baggage. You know, bringing baggage into the marriage, and the fact that you can let that baggage weigh you down or the marriage down. You know, you've got to figure out how you're going to make this work. Because like, like Bishop said, everybody got some baggage. I don't care how big, I don't care how small. Something coming up into this relationship. Okay. So um, there's baggage coming into the relationship. And as I was listening to him talk, men have a tendency to want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Where... Sometimes you just need him to understand it um, or to hear it, you know, and to listen to it. Sometimes you need him to accept that this is who I am, and maybe I'm on the road to changing that. Maybe I'm not. But if I'm on the road to changing that, I just need your support while I work through this process. You know, um, when you bring baggage into um, a relationship, it should be talked about. How do you feel about this? This is something that I'm dealing with. How do you feel about this? And this is what I need from you, you know, in order for us to move forward. Um, People tend to rush into relationships. Um, They say for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, and they don't always know what that means. Um, I don't know. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. But... um, after we were married, about three years ago, I would say, he had a hearing issue, which changed our whole relationship because we did a lot of communicating with each other, and now he can't really understand what I'm saying to him, you know? And it it, it, made, it helped me to understand that people say, oh, I fell out of love. You know, I didn't fall out of love, but you're at a space where, it's almost like you're starting over. You don't know what to do or how to do it or, you know, and you just really thank God that we had a, a strong foundation and thank God that we, we knew God because we had to work out, work, find a different way to handle the same things that we were handling for the past 20-something years because of the fact that now there's something wrong. And the, some people would have said, you know, I give up. You know, I can't do this, you know. But you, if you love the person enough and you know him enough and care about him enough, you will, even though that becomes baggage, you will find a way to make it a little prettier than it actually is. Wow. Wow. I hope that, I hope that hit home for a lot of women. Um, 
Wow. I'm just going to leave it there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know why? Because, you know, Bishop brought up the counseling thing. And, you know, when you speak to married couples, sometimes you ask, well, well why did y'all get married? <laughs> no, every little thing bothers you. You can't get yeah. through nothing. Or, you know, oh, everything is, is, is so heavy. And it's like, yo, you st- what were you thinking that life was going to be, did you just think there was going to be some roses because you said, I'm married now? You know, yeah. well, what were you, were you in it for the long haul? Because just like you said, Lady um, Brenda, you, you have this many, you had a couple of decades and change behind you. And then you walked into this situation. And now, like you said, you had to go back to the foundation of, you know, why I got married and what did I get when I got married. And, you know, I'm in this for the long haul, so we just going to have to learn how to communicate differently. You know, you really wonder what do people think when, and they, you know what, they sit there and go, I, I don't know, I just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't think that. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Because it, it just, it's amazing. And that's just what, that's why I said, wow, because you gave such a dynamic example of, you know, when things take a shift in their marriage, you don't know what the shift is going to be, but this is how you handle it. So, you know, I, I really thank you for even you know, going that deep um, and, and just, just you know, kind of putting that out there. Okay, Lady Brenda and Bishop uh, Gary, holding hands often. Now, we're not going to just talk about holding hands, but we're going to talk about something as simple as holding hands. You know, how do you make it? You know, how do you keep this long haul in, you know, in action when, you know, y'all are tired of one another? Or do you get tired of one another? Because that's another thing, you know, after a while people get married. It's like they just lose it. But you've learned that that intimacy. And I don't, I'm not just talking about the bed. But, again, that's just that holding hands, that snuggling, that, you know, I'm going to lay my head on your shoulder type of thing. We're going to cuddle up and look at TV or we're going to cuddle up and do this. So we're going to just have that soft music playing. What is it that you've done in that holding hands often that has helped you in the long haul of your marriage? Either one of you can start. Well, it's interesting. We still hold hands. Oh, yeah. Ah. Made a comment about that. She was like, you've been married a very long time, and I still see you walking down the street holding hands. We still hold hands, you know. We wow. still, you know, it's still important that we make time for each other. It's still important that um, we embrace. Um, and truthfully, it's more important to him than it is to me. He's more of the one that, like, come on, let's snuggle. I'd like my own little corner and just sit there, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but, he's, he's <laughs> but, yeah, if we're walking down the street, eventually we're going to still hold hands. And one of the things that really fascinates me, if I'm walking ahead of him, he'll take a picture of me 
walking the you know the back side of me which is is fascinating to me it's like why would that be interesting to you after 30 years you know like it and it still is and that's still like that's still a spark you know in our relationship we still we love each other more now than we did 30 years ago oh yeah yeah and i think that that's important because um you you look at you look when you look at your mate and say oh he's just he's that he you know a negative thing you got to find that positive thing about him um and and build on that you know cuz everybody got their negative part but you know if you can build on the positive part and hold on to the positive part when there you feel like there's more he's showing you more of the negative side than he should and you can still hold on to that positive part. That means a lot. Wow. All right, Bishop, pop that. Pop <laughs> 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 <Top> that. <laughs> hey, first, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> you, oh, goodness. You, you figure. You figure. She talk about the picture thing, right? <laughs> and I always <laughs> tell her this. I always tell her this, I hate to see you go, but I love to see you leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you figure, this is what I learned, you know, um, talking to, um, like, before we got married, in the midst of our marriage, uh, marriage talking to people that got married, um, long, that was married longer than us, and I listened to them. There's one lady says to me, she tells me, she says, I'm not being disrespectful, you know, and she says, because I said, oh, man, I love the way her husband preached and, and the whole nine, you know, and she says to me, I could stand right in front of him, buck naked, and he won't show me no attention. There mm. come time that you got to put the word down and show wow. attention to So when she told me that, i like, okay, I got it. I got it. So my thing is, you no, know, even though I'm bishop, pastor, the whole thing, you know, I'm still her husband. I'm still a father. And God knows that, and God honors that, because family is your first ministry. So God knows that. So there come a time, you know, even though I might be doing my studies, and when I'm doing my studies and my reading, she gives me that time. But then I know, okay, I got to stop, and I got to spend time with her. You know, we walk down. She'll tell you how to do. I'll grab her button in a minute. <laughs> you say that. Oh, I'm about to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. You need to leave that part out. But I'm still going to get all. I'll lay hands on you. Oh, I love it. Praise Jesus. Um, I love you it. Have that type, you know, uh, that type of affection, that type of love, you know. And because and, a lot of things in life, you know, like somebody told me, eat the meat and spit out the bones, <laughs> right? I remember growing up, um, there, was a, there was a song from uh, Ray Parker Jr. I'm talking about this like in the 80s. Ray Parker Jr., 80s, yeah, 80s. And Ray Parker Jr. had a, a song out that said, a woman needs love just like just you do. Just like you do. He can fool around just like you do. Just like now, you do. In the 80s, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> that, probably, that probably made a lot of sense. That's right. So you figure that, you know, I figure that, you know, even back then, you know, whoever I'm marrying, I don't want her to think or to say, 
I don't show her no attention and that she has to go out and get it from somewhere else. I don't show her no affection and she has to go out and get it from somewhere else. Even if I don't feel like it. And that's the part a lot of us miss, men and women. Um, even when you don't feel like it, you've got to show affection. Or if you don't show affection or you don't show love, you know, if you don't spend time, you know, they're going to go out and find it somewhere else to fill that void. So I said, not here. Nah, that ain't happening. You know, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show affection. I'll show love. Come here. Let's snuggle up. Let's, let's sit here and watch TV. And even though we might be sitting here watching TV, you know, watching a good show, and I look over there, she's not out. That girl just like <laughs> calling the sheep. She's just like bringing it in. But the time that we have prior to her falling asleep on a good movie, you know, that's, that's our time. You know, that's what we, that's what we do. <laughs> so. Wow. So did, I did I pop it? Did I pop it? <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the walking down the street part, that did it. She can't she can't top that one. She can't top that one. Oh, you did it. You did it. You did it. That is hilarious. You know, here's the one thing that God has done on this broadcast, the authenticity of everybody who's on here. It's like people are just, listen, the best part about it is being real. You know, I yes, yeah, I'm a yeah. bishop, I'm a pastor, we Christian people, but again, you know, my daughter always talks about that dry Christian. You know, once we mm-hmm. give our lives to the Lord, we're all rough, dry, we don't do nothing, we act like we're holier than thou, there's no fun. And you couples come on, and it's like, y'all just lay out the real. And that we can appreciate that so much on this broadcast because that's what, you know, keeps people drawn, that, you know, you just come out and you just give us. These are the things you got to do to keep it going. We're talking about in it for the long haul. We're talking about 30 years here of marriage. And people don't know what to do these days. People don't know what to do, especially Christian people. They don't know, just like you said, you know, the the woman said he was so into the Bible that he just forgot about her. And a lot of times that's the complaint, that once we get into the ministry, you know, that absorbs every bit of you. And the family loses, you know, the husband because, you know, he's so busy into the Bible and feeding the flock that he can't even feed his home. So, you know, I love it. I, I love, I love the transparency. You know, it, it, this is what we need to help God's people stay in it for the long haul, you know, and, and just kind of go through your ups and downs. And it's funny that um, the next thing comes up because the last couple we had, you know, one thing she said was, we've never fought. And they were married, like, I think over 20 years or 20 years or something like that, Um and she says, we never fight. But here's one thing that's on this list that I would love to hear um, from you two. And they say, don't be afraid of a good quote-unquote fight. Um, how would you – I want Lady Brenda to start this one. You know, I, sometimes I'll say either one, but I want her to start this one. I think she's going to give us a good intro. Um, don't be afraid of a good quote-unquote fight. You know, we know that don't mean the fist fight. We know, you know, but how would you talk to our ladies? Oh, Lady Brenda, please, because they just can't get 30 minutes, good 30 minutes in. 
what are you telling your ladies today about basing up in the man's face and or when to you know you're not going to be too quiet where you're just standing there looking like a you know like a looking like a mute <laughs> but knowing how to speak up for yourself and how to you know do it the right way okay i'm going to start with this don't slap him. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> you know, that, I think that is essential now. <laughs> oh, yes. He's not one of your children. Um, what I learned from Bishop Battle is he needs more time to process. Like, I could come to him and say something that I have a problem with, and he needs a little time to process what I'm saying. And, um... It might take him months to get back to me on that. Um, he's not a fighter. So if I say something and um, he doesn't agree, he'll say how he feels, and then that's the end of it. He's not going any further than that, you know. And um, so I learned I learned to wait for his response. And I'll tell you something. Um, recently, it was 2022. We went um, on a trip, and there was a lot of issues that, well, not a lot, but, you know, enough that we were dealing with. And so um, we went on a trip, and usually I plan, I make plans. This time he planned the trip. And then on the way on the trip, he says, okay, I know we're dealing with this. I know we're dealing with that. And then he just took time and explained everything to me. But had I not waited, you know, it would have been a big thing and a lot of friction between us. But when I wait for him to process it and come back to me, then he's, um, it became a beautiful experience because it was just the two of us and we're driving and um, he's talking. Usually he doesn't talk on the trip, but this time he was talking and letting me know how he felt about certain things and how he felt that certain things should be handled. Sometimes you have to know why is he not responding to me? Why are we having friction about this? And sometimes it's because you just don't have enough patience to wait till he figures it out. And um, one of the male roles, quote, unquote, is to try to figure it out themselves and try to fix it themselves. You know, that's what they feel that they're supposed to do. So, like, I've learned, like, not to try to get an answer right away because it's probably not going to happen. But I can wait and give him time to process it. And then once he processes it, He'll come up with, okay, well, whatever you want to do, or he'll come up with, um, this is what I think, you know. And we always, we are always able to come to a common uh, denominator, something that works for both of us. I love that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, love, I, knew, I knew there was a reason why you were going to start this uh, particular point. <laughs> I love that. Wow, ladies, are you taking notes? Oh my goodness. All right, Bishop, give it up. What you got? You know, the the uh you know, how to handle a good quote unquote fight. Run, no <laughs> You'll figure like shit with me. I'm not. I am not argumentative. I'm not gonna sit there and argue. Cause one time we was um um 
uh, we was having um, an anointed conversation. And, uh, <laughs> he said an anointed. He said an anointed conversation. It dawned on me. It dawned on me. We are that we are saying the same thing, but just saying it differently. So when you mm. get to the place where you know you can actually, uh, that's why it's so important that you talk to each other, not at each other. And if you get to the place where you can just sit there and listen to what the person's actually saying, you know you might be saying the same thing, but just saying it differently. You know, um, so that's why I'm at the place now where you know. Um, um, I, I won't argue. I, I say what I got to say. She said what she got to say. And then, you know, that's it. And then when it comes down to some type of, to get an understanding, like she said, I'm, I might come back or she might come back and says, okay, oh, let's, let's figure this out. I know the, the scriptures talk about don't go to bed angry, right? There was many nights I went to bed angry because there's some things you cannot settle overnight. There's some things you got to wait until you calm down, you know, um, until you clear your head, you know, and then you come back and let's let's talk about it, you know. So you, some things you're not just, you're not going to solve overnight. It's not going to solve in one conversation, especially if you're both just going at each other and you're both screaming and and nobody's listening. You know, it's, it's not it's not going to work until because somebody has to listen. Somebody has to okay. All right, we both can't talk at the same time. You know, let me hear what you got to say, and then you you pro, you process. Okay, I understand what you're saying, or try to understand what they're saying. If you don't, you know, try to understand what they're saying. See what they, okay, I didn't see it like that. This is what I've seen. This is what you know. I think we should do. This is you know, somebody got to back down. You know, I remember. Um, my father-in-law, Pastor Brown, used to say, "You know, you can't stop the bark. You can't stop the fight of every dog that bark at you. You know, mm. there's some conversations, there's some things you got to say. You know what? As a matter of fact, a good friend of mine, um, good friend of mine, told me, man, you got to learn how to pick your battles. Because mm-hmm. I was that we was at a concert, and I was surprised to see him. That's yo, you out here? He, the wife wanted to come. You got to learn to pick your battles." Okay, I got it. I got it. You know, sometimes you got to learn. Says, okay, all right, this is what we're going to do. And sometimes it's not always in the male perspective. It's not always the male. This is what we're doing. And she's following along. No, sometimes you got to do what she want to do. I don't feel like doing it, but, you know, there are many days I really didn't feel like going to the mall. But because she wanted to go shopping, yeah, all right, we'll go. And you know, and see, when I go to the store, I, I go shop. I go in, get what I get, and I'm out. When she goes in, I might as well pack a lunch or bring my drink and my comfortable shoes. We're going to be there a while. We're going to be there a minute. Because before we got married, you know, I knew this about her. Before we got married, she used to go in when the mall opened, and they had to kick her out when the mall closed. You know, wow. they did all day, just, you know. I knew this, you know, going in. I knew that this is one of her things. So I learned how to adjust. All right. Don't forget about the wedding anniversaries I spent at um, a restaurant. Because you love me. Because <laughs> you love me. 
We went to the Poconos, and I found oh. out they don't have no wrestling. At that time, I was into wrestling, and they had this wrestling match. I said, oh, Brent, we got to go. We got to go. And sure enough, oh, we went. And she sat right there. She probably didn't understand what was going on. I was up there cheering. Yeah, all right. Pay them. You know, she was like, oh, dude, when is this thing going to be over with? Can I go oh, back to the room? Yeah. That is hilarious. You know, again, you two have given, you know, we've gotten, you know, from our couple, you know, how to handle and pick your battles, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, to, for somebody to hear that, you know, on the, you know, anniversary getaway that, you know, one is doing something so far-fetched from your thought of how we would even spend, you know, our, our anniversary, but just because it's a give-and-take thing, um, that's what really mattered. You know, so you 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 you're schooling them. You're definitely schooling them. I hope they're listening because you're definitely giving us some stuff um, to think about. You know, there's a point here, um, but I wanna I wanna bring up a conversation we had last week in uh, in in our relationship um, conversation. So there, the topic was the little things women do that men love. And one of the things on the list was she texts first. So she says, you know, good morning, or, you know, um, she reaches out first. And then one (laughs) one of the gentlemen said, well, you know, I don't mind, you know, I love when she reaches out first, but... Then I get into this issue of if I don't call her back or I don't text her back by a certain time, then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> you know, now it's evening, and he says, well, I've been working all day. You know, I don't have the time. I may not have the time to stop and um, uh, uh, text and say, you know, good morning back or whatever the case is. Then it grew into, well, you know, then there's another thing where you, you're texting and then you're asking, like, a couple of questions. And now only one of the questions get answered, and now she's upset because you only addressed one of the questions. And then the males said, well, listen, I, I I I saw both questions, but I only answered one of the questions, the one that I could get to right then, and then maybe later we'll either discuss it or, you know, it's not that I wasn't paying attention. It's just that you know it doesn't, it didn't get touched, and you know we laughed, we had a ball on it, but you know I want you to, to 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 just make mention of, you know, she reaches out first. And you don't have a chance to get back to her. Um, and I'm gonna start with you, Bishop Gary. Um, you know what? What would you say to the men? You know, in this particular case. And then I want you to say what you would say to the ladies. So let's say, what would you say to the men who say, "Listen, I know she reached out, but I just don't have the time." To, to, to reach back out to her, and now she's feeling slighted on the other end. 
Oh, okay. Um, to the men, um, find the time. Um, you, I don't have time. You got to find the time. You got to figure out what's important. You know, um, and you got to you got to find the time. And marriage is a work. It's, it's, a, it's a work, and you 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 got to realize. You know, um, okay. <sighs> It, the only thing that keeps coming to me is you got to find the time. Even though the time might not be right now, but we'll find time to do it. You know, I, I got to figure. I got to figure this out. But you got to, you got to find you got to find the time. You know, that's the only way. Especially if something that she really wants to do. You know, you got to, you got to find the time to do it. You know, the question the question really falls down to is you know what's more important. Even if, if you know, let's say if you're working. And my job, I got to work. And, you know, you get on a lot of jobs, you know, you get annual leave, you get time, you know. You got you got to find the time, you know. Um, and until the lady, you know, you you got to know, you got to know your spouse. You got to know your spouse and you got to know his limitations. You know, don't, don't try to... Um, Make something that's really impossible. And don't try to say, you know what, you do this, you do that, you know, you never find time for me or you know, you gotta find you gotta you gotta make it work. You know, you, you gotta figure out how to make how to make this thing work. You know, but to the guys, you know, dude, you gotta you gotta find the time. You know, we we find time for everything else. You gotta find time for your mate, you gotta find time for your you know, for your spouse, you gotta find time for your wife, you know, the you know, you 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 came into this. You married this. Excuse me, I'm not this. I'm sorry. You married her. You know, this is this is your heartbeat. This should be your heartbeat. You know, you got you got to find the time somehow. You know. Okay, well, Lady Brenda, you know the ladies are a little turned up. Because she says, hey, you know, I've reached out to you and I've said good morning or I said hello or, I, you know, I sent your heart <laughs> via text. And, you know, that was first thing this morning. You know, I'm showing you love. I'm showing you attention. And, you know, you just don't even take the time, you know, to, to respond back. And he's saying, yo, I'm at work. I'm busy. You know, it's not that I don't want to. It's that I just can't. You know, I'm focused. And, you know, please speak to the the uh, men and then speak to our ladies. How do we handle this? Okay, to the men, I think you need to realize that's disrespectful. I mean, anytime you text someone and they don't respond, it's kind of, you kind of feel disrespected. You know, so if she sends you a heart, or actually I have a friend, she sends, like, um, actual body body parts to her husband, you know. She says, you know, it's important. But, like, I can't imagine him not responding to that because she would really feel, you know, violated, you know, if he didn't respond. And it takes two seconds. It's a matter of priorities. Yeah, I'm busy at work. But I'm sure that when you got that heart or you got that body part or whatever you got, you looked at it and it, it lifted you a little bit or, you know, it changed your um, disposition or whatever. So just take a minute, even if you've got to say, 
send a heart back, or I don't have time to respond right now, but later um, I'm going to give acknowledge her. You know, let her feel like you acknowledged her and that she's valuable. If she sends a heart, then too. You know, you know that takes two seconds. You know, um, whatever she sends, I know you can't always um, um, stop and do a long conversation, but you can respond. Let her know that you can validate her. Let her know that you you appreciate her um, initiating this, and then you may have to come back to it later. But at least she feels like. You didn't just ignore her. To the women. Ah, <laughs> to the women, I say, keep doing what you're doing. If you're initiating, you're trying to talk to him, you're trying to keep the spark in the marriage, he's not always going to respond the way you want him to. And you don't always respond the way he might want you to. But keep doing what you're doing. Keep you know, don't let that discourage you. Maybe you have to be a little bit more um, graphic, for lack of a better word, to get a response to him, get a response from him. But um, don't give up. Because when we give up, that's more baggage. That's more um, more opportunity for you to look another way for, for um, a better response, you know. And, you know, Truth be told, like TDJ said, the 80-20 rule, that response might mean more to her. And then she'll find somebody that's not quite as qualified to be married to as you, but he responds, you know. And, that you know, you don't want that because it's um, very easy to get caught up um, in, a, in something that seems uh, minor to other people. But it, how does she feel about it? It means a lot to her. You know, and um, it's always important to consider how does she feel about it. It might not be her. That might be her love language. You know, that might be what's critical to her. And um, by you not responding, she feels the emptiness. She feels that void. And um, it's very important that and it might be times when you really, really can't respond, but when you can, respond right away. And if you can't, explain to her. You know, I know you said I appreciate it, but, you know, right at that moment, maybe I was in a meeting or I was doing, you know, explain. Explain why did not respond because you know that that's important to Okay, okay. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, you know, Bishop Gary, Brenda, uh, Lady Brenda, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal uh segment in our relationship clinic and before you go please i'm gonna give you the first word um bishop gary speak to the couples you know you two pick the topic in it for the long haul speak to them and let them know how important it is that once you make the commitment how you need to make sure you stick to it um you know to give God the glory out of that marriage. Well, and then Lady Brenda will hear from you. What you got for us, Bishop? Oh, uh, okay. Um, they, they often say that what you did to get her, that's what you got to keep doing. Oh, when me and my wife, when we met, we met in the choir. 
and we were singing in um it was actually Curtis Brown aggregation. That's the that's the choir, community choir that, that's that's community choir that we sang in. Um so I, t- I tell her, you know, you was captivated by my voice. <laughs> by why are you laughing? By, by my singing talent. You know, that's what captivated you. You know, uh my voice changed. So <laughs> So that aspect of the singing, you know, that, that don't work no more. But what you what you did, you know, to get her attention, um, I even tell my sons now, if you was out there bringing flowers, you was out there doing, you know, taking out to the movies, going out to dinner, you know, doing stuff like that, you know, when you get married, you got to still do that. You can't be at the point where, okay, now we are married, you know, all right. I don't. I don't have to, you know, bring no flowers. I don't have to, you know. Uh, we don't have to go out, you know. No, whatever you did to get her, you got to keep doing it, you know. And to the point where, you know, you got to crank it up a little bit. You know, you got to crank it up a little bit. You know, um, marriage, um, dating, and, and marriage is two separate things. Once you get married, no, you in for the long haul. You know. The depth of your part, you're in for the long haul. You know, uh, that's why I said, yeah, close one, one eye. You know, and, and you're in it for the long haul. And, you know, whatever y'all decide to do, you got to do. You know, um, it's not going to be easy. You know, you might you might have promised her in the midst of dating. You might have promised her the moon. You know, I'm going to give you the moon. Well, can't give her the moon. You give her the stars. And you do that. You know, just by just every now and then bringing her something home. You know, every now and then you bring her just something simple. You don't gotta you don't gotta break the bank. You know, just bring her something simple to show that you love. Even to a simple card. You know, my wife she she loves. Um, um, I used to. I've done this in umpteen years. Need to write stuff. You know, just write it out. She loves you know that type thing. You know, find out what your mate likes. And and that's what you do, you know. We do we used to do the dollar store thing, you know, something simple, even to the point because you figured what I used to um, back before I first got married, I worked three days a week. I used to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So um, Monday morning, you think I'm off on Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I used to be off. So Monday, when she used to come home from work, the house be clean. I have dinner all set. You know, so she come home, that'd be our time. You know, the house is clean and, you know, I got dinner and, you know, do some of the simple things that you have to do in order to keep this relationship as strong and as strong as possible. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Um, Bishop Gary, Lady Brenda. You know, speak to our couples. Um, please, and, and, and let them know that they're in it, or they should be in it for the long haul. And, and what is it they need to do to make this happen? Okay, I think that couples need to know that um, divorce is not an option. Um, that's the first thing. Divorce is not an option. If you If it doesn't work out, don't separate. Stand there. My father used to say, if you fall out of love, just go run quick as you can and fall back in, you know. Um, um, 
I just mm-hmm. think that um, not only is divorce not an option, but couple needs a couple needs to know that. Um, sorry, just lost my train of thought. A couple needs to know that um, no matter what, it's like your leg. You're not going to cut off your leg because it hurts. You're going to try to find a way to ease that pain because you need that leg. When you get married, that spouse is like your leg or your arm or your eye. You need that person in your life. He, that person has to be just as important to you as your leg would be to you. You're not going to cut off your leg because it hurts. So you can't cut off that person because you have a disagreement. You can't cut off that person because things didn't work out the way that you expected them to work out because life changes people, life changes situations, and you have to be ready to go with the flow. You know, as changes come, let's adjust to these changes because this is, you're going to be with me till the end. If I can add right quick, don't be afraid to go to marital counseling. You know, if if you have to go to counseling, don't be afraid to go to counseling or to talk to somebody um, to fix the relationship. You know, to, to fix the relationship. You know, if you see that you know that is going a certain way, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. And one thing my apostle, the apostle Brown used to teach was he you know, he he was married he was married for over fifty some odd years uh, before him and Mother Brown passed. Um, but he he was strong with marriage. He believed in marriage. But he would say, if that guy is beating on you, then you leave. Don't allow, don't let nobody be beating up on you, because you know your your parents raised you. And when he married you, you was a grown man or you was a grown woman. So you know that's the only way he would justify somebody leaving a, a marriage is you no know, they being beat up on. You know, and understand, the abuse is not just physical. There's also that that mental abuse where that you don't see. You you can see when somebody stuck you in the eye. You can see the scars. But what's so important is that scars that's on the inside that you don't see. There's so many couples hate the man or women that hate to go home due to the abuse that they are getting from their spouse. They smile on the inside, outside. They laugh. They carry it on, but they hate to go home. I always tell everybody that your home should be your safe haven. That home should be a place where you can go home and, like, you know what? I don't have to put my guard up. I don't have to put no barriers up in my home. This is the one place where I feel safe. I'm gonna stop right there. Amen. 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 Thank you. Bishop Gary and Lady Brenda Battle, you have been such an extraordinary blessing to us this morning, and uh, we give God thanks for your ministry. We give God thanks that you took the time today to share such gems with us, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, Pastor Steph, for this opportunity. Uh, we enjoy it. Thank you for this ministry because it's very, it's important to the people of God in this day that they know that first of all you can make it, and then second of all, here's some key points that will help you along the way. Amen. 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 You're more than welcome. And again, you know, we 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 gonna you know figure out how we're gonna get you back 
so you can just help us further this ministry. We can help you, you know, continue your ministry, and we have really enjoyed you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a blessed one. You too. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what a blessing. Another home run in our relationship clinic with the battles this morning. And we give God thanks um, for always sending us the very best. We don't ever get junk here on this due time with Pastor Steph. And, um, man, that was really so, 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 so much of a blessing. Uh, we are now at the top of our hour, and uh, you know what comes next. We got our mm, switch tip, switch tip with Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, what you got for us today? Today I got the switch with Shantice where we make the switch from the street to our godly seat. And our switch tip 132 is study for yourself. Now, I looked up the definition of study, even though I'm sure we all know it. But it gave me two, the devotion of time and attention to acquiring knowledge on, especially by means of books, a detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation. So, when we take the time to study anything, when we take the time to study someone, I heard the bishop just say, you know, before, you know, that he married his friend, which meant that they were able to study each other in order to become friends. And now I know I can make this next move with this person because after devoting time and attention on learning about him and learning about her, and after I've done my, my detailed investigation, now, I know all there is to know about him and her to now make this next step. And it's very important that we do that, especially now that we're hearing and seeing about leadership within God, you know, clergy, pastors, quote-unquote bishops, ministers, the type of information that they're given or lack of information they're given, the type of advice. You know, you have one pastor that is now, you know, trying to, he wants to know what's wrong with inviting or introducing, I'm sorry, the weed business into the ministry. You have another quote-unquote bishop, and yes, we saying quote-unquote bishop who doesn't understand why he can't wear Gucci suits, even though this was supposed to have been a legitimate robbery that he became, you know. It's just like, okay, so if we don't take the time our time and attention to understanding God and the knowledge that he has um, to give us. If we don't take the time to get detailed, and you know, our church group, one of the words that we're really focusing on, I'm going to say for this year, is intentional. You know, when it's on purpose, you know, I am saying that on purpose, I'm going to read with a purpose. Anything I do is for a purpose, and God has me at the point where I'm not okay with just doing things and just say I do it. So, you know, long go the days of me just sitting in church out of obligation. I'm in church because I know I need it, even if it's an off moment or an off day. I know that if I just devote this time and attention on God and his word, 
return on this investment that God is going to allow me to have. Hence, I'll switch tip lastly. I came across 2 Timothy 2, verse 15a in the King James Version, which reads, Study to show thyself approved unto God. The second part of that verse, and in the New Limits translation reads, Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly explains the word of truth. Now, there is no way you can say you have your own relationship with God if you do not spend time with him in his word. How can you say that? How can you correctly explain when we give our lives to God? God we immediately receive from God is to now go out to disciple and evangelize. I do not have to have the title of an evangelist to know that that is something that is required of me. When you disciple, meaning you go out and you now assist Jesus in recruiting other followers for him. What you going to say to recruit people? Will somebody else tell you? No, it's not only your personal experience that you have to fall back on. You have to also fall back on the word of God. If you're not taking the time to understand the word, if you're not taking the time to gain that knowledge, how are you now going to correctly explain the word? Psalm 119, 105, New Limits Translation. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So this switch tip is mainly for those of us who say we have given our lives to God because God's word guides us, not man's word. And there is just so much more of this. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sit in a pew or in my chair and I'm just going to listen so what the pastor, the minister, the bishop is saying, and half the time I don't know what he's saying, or he gave a wonderful word, and the same at the same time someone asked him, what did he or she say? And you sitting there looking dumb, literally, because you can't even give a quick synopsis of what they were talking about. And a lot of times, if you pay attention, wait, I'm, before I go into that, let me read the next, the next two verses. Acts 17, 11 through 12, New Limits Translation. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men, and prominent means important or famous. So as a result of the people not only listening but now researching and investigating and analyzing the scriptures day after day to make sure that the messengers were delivering, delivering the truth and the word properly. As a result of that, not only did the Jews believe, but the important, influential Greek women and men then believed. You, we are responsible for other people, whether we want to believe it or not whether we want to be responsible for other people or not, we are not only learning God's word just for ourselves. The way we move is not only for ourselves. Those people, and I, I'm t- if you pay attention, you have conversations with people who say, oh, you know, I don't believe in the Bible, or I don't believe in God, or I believe in this part of the Bible because that's the part of the Bible that makes them feel good, but the part of the Bible that don't, then those, those are the chapters and the verses that they don't believe in. When they see that your own point, and you're now we're just hearing any old thing and you correct, you're able to correct even yourself. You're able to correct others. So 
whether it's a healthy debate or a conversation or whatever, you know, whatever may be going on, a Bible study group or whatever, they start to pay attention to that. And now you're showing them the character of God. You can't just go and tell God any old thing, not only because he knows everything, but because of who he is and what he stands for. And those are the type of traits he needs us to have. So you are now able, you have the power. God has given us the power through the Holy Spirit to now win over while we're going through God, these quote-unquote important influential people who don't want nothing to do with God or who have another faith, who worship idols, you know, whether it's an actual statue, whether they're worshiping their money or their man or their woman or whatever. You, you cannot just go, we cannot just go to church and just be okay or because that's pastor so-and-so. They say, Matthew 6, 9 says this. I don't ever open my Bible. Matthew 6, 9 says this. No, you have to now take the time, and you will start to learn and see how many of these pastors and people in leadership, how many of them don't spend time with God in his word. Because if you do like these people did, and you search the scriptures day after day, you're able to not only correct others, but correct yourself in your mindset. Joshua 1.8, New Living Translation Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So we have to make sure we're making a conscious decision of making a switch from being content with listening to what Pastor so-and-so is saying and how Pastor so-and-so is breaking down the word and what Sister Mary says and Brother Chris says, but we have to make sure we're switching to studying for ourselves, which will help us to gain or enhance our own relationship with God and help us to gain and enhance the knowledge that we have on God and remembering that the word is Jesus. So we really need to make sure we're spending a lot more time with Jesus and understanding him so that we can now understand Jesus for ourselves. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shanti. And we pray you have a blessed day. All right. Ooh, what a switch tip. Study to show yourself approved. Now, I know that's not exactly what she said, but that's the essence of what she said. And um, before I go any further, uh, let's get this benediction out. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever amen romans 11 33 36 hmm. you know <laughs> i love i love god because he does not stop investing in us he doesn't and when he awakens us each day, it is so that he can invest more into us and then we can give him the glory out of our life. You always hear me say that. You always hear Pastor Steph say, thank you, God, for the investment. Thank you for investing in us. And I really think that we are underestimating that blessing. That we're not paying attention to the fact that he didn't have to wake us up. 
he didn't have to invest in us. Do you realize that you could still be in the dark? But he has decided to bring you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And, you know, you look at the little tidbits. Look at, look at, look at what we got this morning. Look at what we get from the couples when they come on. It's another investment. You know, you always hear me ask, you know, please speak to the women. Please speak to the men. You know, please speak to the couples. Please speak to God's people. You know, not that they're already, you know, that, that they're not already doing it, but again, it's a call for you to pay attention because you are who they're speaking to. They're speaking to us. You know, I keep telling you, I don't know these individuals. You know, it's funny. When Bishop Gary and I were talking, um, we ended up finding out that not only were we both from the Bronx, not only were we both from the same area of the Bronx, but we actually went to the same high school at the same time. He was in the class above me. He was, you know, uh, uh, on those same grounds that I was on. And if you know anything about high school, you know, you're mixing. You know, it's not individual. You know, you're mixing with other classes. You're in, a, you know, with some, some classes with, you know, uh, the class beneath you and above you. So we're sure we had to have crossed paths at, you know, at one point or another in in the high school. And here it is, now we've come full circle where we're ministering to you together. Is that an investment from God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every time you wake up and you open up your Bible, that's God investing in you. So I, I'm with Shantice. I'm trying to figure out how in the world you think you're properly serving God when you don't do anything to show God that there's a return on his investment. It's, it's so passe to be able to say, you know, I am a child of the king. You know, I gave my life to the Lord back in, you know, 2018. And, you know, I, I, I ain't been the same since. <laughs> Think about who you would be and where you would be if you were to truly, truly give your life to the Lord, truly dedicate your time into meditating on his word, where well, you can't meditate on it until you read it, until you place it in your heart, until your spirit begins to receive everything that you're studying, you're reading. How many times are... You know, these, these leaders going to take us down the wrong road. This, this uh, whitehead, you know, he was the one who quoted the, the wrong scripture. There wasn't even a scripture. You know, Proverbs 150. Now, it could have been a slip of the, you know, of the tongue. Psalms 150 instead. But look at the lifestyle. Uh, automatically, you couple that. With, well, if he got all out there with this and that, then he probably didn't know what he was talking about and just spewing stuff out. You have to be careful because the Bible tells us that we will be duped. There will be people standing in front of us telling us that they've been sent by God, but in actuality, 
those are not his people. How would you know? Ooh, how would you know? How would you know unless you open up that word and you're able to partner? Or you can't partner what's in the word of God with who's standing in front of you speaking. You can't do it. So how does God get the glory out of your life? So that needs to be, you know, uh, the the quote-unquote resolution for this year. I'm going to get deeper in the Lord than I was last year. Those days are gone. Now is a time where God has awakened me just one more time, and I'm going to give him thanks for helping me to get it right so that I can do what I need to do to show him a return on his investment. I'm going to make sure I make that happen because faith without works is dead. And I can say all that I can say and all that I will say. But until I show God through my living that the light is shining in me so that all men may see Jesus in me, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So make sure we're on the right path today. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank the Battles, Bishop Gary and Lady Brenda Battle, for blessing us today in the Relationship Clinic. If you missed anything, you know how I always say, go back and listen. Go back and listen. Go back and listen anyway, just in case you missed anything. Just by accident, you didn't even realize it. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where it's less. Talk about it. Choose Tuesday Church Folk Day. Please do not miss this opportunity to give God your life right now. Please do not miss your opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later it's not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. I love you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.